Yeah, no judgment How are the whatsoever. boys? Are they, are they good? Yeah. Go to bed! <laughs> so without further ado, five, four, three, two, and one. And one. Hello world is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames, messieurs, bienvenue, welcome to the happy hour. And one. Wow. Welcome back to another week of Habs Hockey Talk with the Happy Hour. <laughs> I am not having a good time anymore. My name's David Auger. I'm at MetalDave02 and I'm on Twitter.com. Joined as always, and finally, the return of Beth. Yay. Beth is back. Back again. Back again. You can find me at H I V E R H O I T on Twitter, and I don't know what kind of time I'm having right now. Uh oh. And uh oh, Veronica. <laughs> yeah, I'm at C H I L E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And we do have a guest with us, but first, Veronica has something to say, and I'm also going to say something about it uh, about last weekend, uh, last week's episode. So, Veronica, if you have a moment. Yes. So. Something that I've always told my kids before is when you mess up, you fess up. And I messed up last week in a conversation that we were having about the conviction of Derek Chauvin and his subsequent imprisonment. I made a <coughs> crass, <coughs> a crass remark that insinuate, I don't I'm not going to repeat it, um, but it insinuated uh, sexual assault, which is not something that is ever okay to joke about jokes are supposed to be funny. Um, and so I made that remark. I regret it. Um, it, it, it. That's not a situation that should ever be made fun of or trivialized or minimized or mocked even worse. And if I hurt anybody um, who's had that kind of painful experience, I am deeply sorry. I'm really embarrassed, but mostly I'm just really sorry. And uh, I want to say uh, the same as well. Uh, since Veronica put all the words together, I'm just going to say, yes, absolutely right. Because I was in on, uh, you know, we were having the conversation and and uh, when it was said, I was like, hmm, I don't I think. I know, I even thought about it. I don't and think then you should say that. It. And I should yeah. have called it out at the time and I didn't even think of it because I was just too caught up in the moment yeah. being an idiot. So I'm sorry as well. Now. We have a guest with us tonight, <laughs> Sean Campbell from from TSN 690. Sean, how you doing? I have never had to apologize for anything <laughs> I've ever said in my life. But <laughs> uh, let's let's see if I can do it tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is after today. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. So, um, man, so I had a conversation with Veronica last night about the state of the Habs, and despite the game last night, hey, we eked out a victory. Great time. The team eked out a victory. It was Cole Caulfield's premiere. Finally, uh, the management was able to figure out the cap situation while still being able to retain their call-up, uh, 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 the one the one last call-up for the season as well. Uh, we can get into the details with that, but all's rosy on that end. 2-1 to one against the Flames. Finally, we can, we can just put that part of the season away. Oh my God, thank God. Because we don't have to face the Flames ever again, thank God. But as I was saying, I'm sick of this season. I'm sick of it, and I don't want to do it anymore. I'm getting off the, the ride. I'm not happy with it. And that's all I got to say. Veronica, what do you think? Well, that's up to you. Are we still going to do a podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to be 
you're not going to watch games here. I'll watch games, but I'm going to like, you know, have it on the background. I'm going to watch, I don't know, Stranger Things over or something like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we've got Calgary in the rearview mirror. They're a horrible matchup. They're painful, painfully boring to watch and painfully just frustrating. So I'm glad that we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What do you think about the uh, Calgary and uh, Habs matchup this season, Sean? It was tough to take in bunches. It yeah. was it was tough because it was three in a row. And the, the only, I guess, saving grace is that it was expected. The last three games, you knew what they were going to be like. And I know you could say, oh, they scored five, five, two, four, two, two, one. There was a weird explosion of four goals in that first game. But you knew exactly what kind of hockey that was going to be coming. You knew exactly how the Canadians were going to play. You knew, so I think that took the sting off just a little. But you know, even on our on our uh, Delmar post game show last night, you know, I'm, or whenever you're, whenever nights ago, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, it, I know how podcasts work. I just didn't do that properly. Um, <laughs> I apologize for saying. <laughs> there you last go. Night. There it is. There it is. How it's, dare it's you? It's that Sean. easy. It's that easy. Uh, <laughs> But it was, how are you celebrating that you won't have to face the, the, the Canadians won't have to face the Flames anymore. And a lot of people were happy, but you know, you still got two games against Ottawa. It's very similar. The Canadians have a tough time uh, when the boards are just jammed up like that. It, it makes them kind of change the way they want to play. So it's just, it, it wasn't fun. I've seen a lot of non-fun hockey games, but I'll, I'll just say this. And Dave, I know you said that you're, you're done with the season. You're done with all that. Let me just just flash back to a year ago. <laughs> One year ago in May, when there was nothing. No, th there was last year in May, there was nothing. And the season ended in March. And we were like, oh, maybe a couple of weeks. Oh, maybe they'll have playoffs in June, then July. And then it became August. And they made this bubble and everybody got excited for this bubble in a couple of rounds. And they got the Stanley Cup final in. And then it ended. And then it was, well, what happened to October and November yeah. and December? And then January. It, I'm just, Dave, just as much as you're angry right now and you don't want to watch, just remember the times there was nothing. <laughs> so enjoy the something. The next, look, the playoffs will be better, but the next nine games and the final 10, 12 games for all teams will be ugly. I mean, yeah. it'll, it won't, it, the schedule, the grind, everything for every team is going to be ugly. Get used to it. It won't be pretty won't be like those 10 games where the Canadians were the greatest team and you know on the NHL power rankings blah, blah it's not going to be like that it's going to be ugly it's going to remain ugly but just remember when there was nothing well said Campbell smart man that is true Beth what do you think about the Flames not being an opponent any longer as um, far as we know Thank goodness. Don't think it's um, mathematically no, they're, possible. They're, they're, no, they're not. They're not playing in playoffs together, so don't worry about it. Yeah, just one um, it, can't, it can't be possible. Yeah, I was just, I was just trying to do some quick math. Like, no, nah, it can't be. Please, God. <laughs> um. So because of my work schedule, even okay, so, I quit my job that was keeping me Yay! from watching hockey. Um. But oh, then, congratulations. <laughs> um. But then my other job that I went full time in um, has been keeping me from watching hockey. Just how scheduling worked out in a better um, so way though in a better way though, <laughs> yeah. yes. um i have missed all of the recent games against the flames um i heard about Don't them worry. they sounded arduous you um, didn't miss anything no you missed nothing 
the tweets I, I I was at work and I was like I'm really glad I'm at work right now because this sounds like ex- it's exhausting to watch um yeah I spit yeah I don't know I just I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're done the flames um I I'm still frustrated with the Canadians um, for reasons I will discuss later when it comes to that point, but I'm glad we're, we're done the flames. Mm-hmm. Me too. Airing of grievances, Festivus. That was in December. <laughs> also Manjapani. Oh my God. Oh, I mean, I, I used to really like him because I'm like, yes, eat bread. Yes. 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 I love bread. I love to eat bread. <laughs> His name means eat bread, but I want him to, eat something else because yeah i don't like him he keeps frustrating the the habs and scoring so, on the habs and okay so there so, so just on Majapane, this is i have this conversation about him all the time i love him i think he's amazing i think he's an incredible hockey player and he plays Very a certain good. way that i that i like just everything you you hate and that's just think about how teams hate playing against gallagher exactly. he mm-hmm. is gallagher yeah he's the yeah. same it's you, you i know you you're, you're not in your head you're like but gallagher's better no, 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 I'm, no, I'm agreeing. <laughs> Pane is the reason why everybody hates Gallagher and Canadian fans love Gallagher. He's the exact same. And there's a reason why you hate him. And that's why he's so good. And I, I love, I love watching him. He's great. I like what him you- when he's not playing the Habs. <laughs> what did you think last night, Sean, about when he bumped into Shea Weber at the end of the second? Did you see that? It was on RDS. Period. I don't I don't like shadow and, and examine every movement to Shea Weber like some people. You, you don't. And if a guy like Manjay Pani bumps into Shea Weber, it should be unnoticeable. <laughs> so I didn't notice. Well, it was very stupid. Um they were battling in the they were battling on the boards and then the period ended, and then Majipani came up from behind him and kind of hit him in the shoulder and Weber just flattened him and threw him face first onto the ice. But it was after the whistle. Hmm. That's what Weber should do. It's exactly That's what Weber should do. Typical. Weber should just do what he did against the Oilers all the time. I know. <laughs> it's been a rough Oilers. stretch for him. It's yeah. just been a rough stretch for him. It, and it's fine. And I, and I know that, you know, everybody doesn't, you know, they, you have to love him or you have to hate him. No, he was playing some bad hockey. He played some good hockey. Then he didn't ride off of that. He scored a huge power play goal. It's been a bit of a wave for him this year. And uh, what I, a shot that I, was. I'm not too I'm not too worried about him when it comes to playoff time. I think these last nine games are important for him. The Canadians can win some early on, so he doesn't have to play. Yeah, two of them. I think this is good, but I'm not worried about Weber. He just it hasn't been a good stretch for him. That's all. With he was a, having a game like the Edmonton game on Saturday at the beginning at the beginning of Saturday's game. He was having one of his one of his games looked like to me. I don't know. No, that was Edmonton game a, was something different. That was something different. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. uh, in, in regard to the playoffs, that's it's something that I'm curious about because I haven't heard anything new. We don't really know how they're going to pull it off yet, do we? The league. In, well, in regards to like bubble, what's yeah, travel going to be like? It'll be they're going to stick with the travel that they have. The, the, the biggest concern they're going to have is uh, when uh, it comes to the final four yeah. and a Canadian team has to leave Canada. Would it be uh, mm. likely, likely oh. the Canadians team, whatever can, this is the likely scenario, whatever Canadian yeah. team 
uh, gets to the final four, they're going on the road and mm-hmm. they're going to do both maybe a neutral site. Maybe they'll be able to pick a city that has been eliminated and use their building. Uh, that's in proximity. Like, let's just say they're facing Pittsburgh. They could use Philadelphia. I don't know. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, Pennsylvania or whatever it, maybe it's, if it's, you know, it, you're in New York, this, that, like, I'm not, maybe it's Boston, it's New York. They could use that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, but they could probably set up shop like that. Uh, but it's probably, I don't know if they'll get their own building or have to play in the other building. I'm really not sure how that's going to work, but I don't expect the final four rounds for them to do that. The, I expect the U.S. to start their playoffs before Canada does. And if the Canadians clinch their spot and there's those remaining games between uh, Calgary and Vancouver, <laughs> hey, puppy, uh, expect that Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton will start before the regular season's even over. They'll probably start early because they have to get this done before the Olympics. Interesting, because that was something I was considering. Because, as you say, uh, the Canucks and the Flames have like you know four game or three or four matches to end the season, and that can be that could be important for the Habs in their fourth place spot, depending on how things roll out, right? And uh, I was wondering, say they clinch, would they start the playoffs and just have the Canucks and the Flames do like Canucks and Flames? Yeah, Canucks and Flames may not, may not even play. If the games mean oh, nothing, wow. they won't even play. I don't think they'll play. So oh. I, think they'll, I think they'll just say, doesn't matter. There's no fans in the stands. It's just preventing wow. injury mm-hmm. games. I And they, they kind of hinted at that. They haven't said that's going to happen. They might in the moment say, no, we want everybody to have 56, no matter what we're going to do this. Uh, but if, every, if, if the seedings in the North is concrete without their results, then they're just gonna they're just gonna start. Yeah. So right. now my further thought to that, depending on how the conversation went there, would be: Will the Habs be able to rest <laughs> before playoff rounds? Will they be able to be able to have like two practices right. without a game in between them or something like that? You know. So I was likely pondering likely that. they'll have a couple of days for practice. Um, it depends if it's locked in or not, but yeah. I think they'll be able to they'll be able to get some practice in. Hmm. very interesting yeah it's just hurry up and wait for what gets decided it seems which is um oh, too bad but just something that we have to live with um, dave you had brought that up before and it didn't occur to me like sean's point that he makes is such a good one it's like that well, yeah, they not play sean. those final games yeah, see, there <laughs> because somebody could get hurt there's no point nobody's paid to watch the games so, Vancouver's already going to be jam packed, anyways. They're yeah. they're unhappy with their schedule. Um, right. If if you're eliminated or it doesn't mean anything to seeding, it's it's a strong possibility. It's been hinted at, but it they haven't said anything. They haven't said anything about the playoffs either. So it's kind of sit and wait. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, don't know, I feel like they're not going to until at least one Canadian team clinches, and nobody has yet. Toronto will soon. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird that they haven't yet. I think they need two more games or so. Well, no, two more games, and then the Senators are eliminated. Maybe they actually, yeah, Toronto needs a more than. Well, the Senators can can leapfrog in points, uh, Vancouver tomorrow. Yeah, they could. Sorry, not tomorrow. uh, On that date that they play. Yes. Yes. The Senators can leapfrog Vancouver. By not point, not point percentage, but points. They're only one point behind Vancouver. 
I didn't know that. I don't know. No one looks that low in the standings anymore. No, <laughs> no. no I mean, see, well, Veronica, when we were talking last night, I'm like, the Habs position, you know, it, it looks good, but that can change in a few games. <laughs> that can look very scary for the Habs if the Habs don't, like, uh, you know, get on their horse and gallop or even trot or trip even. But it depends on how they do. Because I think the, the the most games that they have now are against the Leafs of all teams. Like four more games against them. Then it's like Winnipeg once, Ottawa, and Edmonton twice or something like that. So Ottawa twice, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's um, they they gotta win. <laughs> they they yeah. gotta win. Can we? Speaking of that, can we? Can we go into my notebook? We, yes. let's go I'm into the handy this. dandy notebook a handy dandy notebook i like notebooks that's no neat. i was a stats lady today oh um, my god was i talking to me or the dr pepper both okay um <laughs> so the habs have an issue this season uh with goal support um they have a good mix of players. They have good defensemen. They have good goalies. Um, and for a while, the Habs were scoring a lot of goals um, in games. Um, and that has decreased drastically. And so I went and looked at the last 10 games and I pulled some stats um, <laughs> of what the goal support has been from the Habs for the last 10 games. So in the last 10 games, they have been shut out twice. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last 10 games, they have only scored more than two goals in two games. Those were two two separate four-goal games, one against Toronto on April 12th, and yeah. the other one against Edmonton on April 21. And also, there's another time, April 1st, against Ottawa. That was the game that last game Brent Gallagher was in. So yeah, they have been without um, they have been without Brendan Gallagher since April. Um, I thought it was April five. No. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, he was put long term injured reserve on April seven. Right. Okay. So yeah, I'll, been April five. I'll take. He got us. hurt in the game on April first, and then he missed the game on April fifth. That's probably what you're thinking of. Oh okay. Okay. Oh, maybe. Yeah 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 yeah. Thank you. Because um, he got he got hurt in the first period. That's right. Um. So in the last 10 games, the Habs have scored 18 goals. And they have been scored by nine skaters out of a potential, out of a pool of 27 skaters. So a third of the skaters that the Habs have had between last night and I believe April 12th um, have scored all been scoring all the goals tyler toffoli has a third of all of these goals at six tyler toffoli has a third of the goals one player uh josh anderson has three tatar and suzuki have two and then weber stall kulak armia and lekanen have one each so there are and all of these all of these players have been on the active roster the entire 10 games so it's not where oh a player is coming in or a player got traded to the team 
and they're coming up and they're doing some magic and then they're going away. Like it's, it's people that have been there the whole time, but there are other people that have been there the whole time, the whole season. And I did not count assists. I did not look at assists, but where have they been? I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want to piss off Jonathan Drouin, uh, because he does have a lot of assists this season. He'll yell at you, by the way. He will yell at you, and I don't want to tell you that there's another column next to that. I will cry if I get yelled at by anybody. Um, But that was awesome, by the way. That was awesome. I'm super proud of him. That was like, you go, Joe. But there are a lot of other people who have scoring potential who are not named Brendan Gallagher, who, I don't know, the team in general, they just need to step it up. We can't just, nobody can just depend on a goalie and or a set of defensemen to win hockey games. You have to score goals. Otherwise, they would just play with two goalies and it would just stand at the end of the, either end of the ice for an hour <laughs> and go home. And I am not a hockey coach. Um, I have been to one uh, peewee hockey game. It was a great time. Um, I got to have hot chocolate. But I don't know how to, I wouldn't know how to tell them what to do. I watched a lot of hockey games. I wouldn't know how to tell them what to do. But I can still see that something has to change. And I don't know what the Habs need to convince them or to get them to change something so that they are scoring more often because the Habs are not going to get anywhere without more goal support. There was, um, I was just trying to look up a, a tweet last week. So like take away the situation from this week or like the past seven days, go back another seven days. And I think we were, they were talking about how it was Mitch Melnick, I think put a tweet out saying that um, 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 the, the Habs had scored one, one forward had scored all the goals in the past four games for the Habs. And that was Tyler Toffoli. And it was like four, a four-game stretch was just awful. Uh, one goal went off of Eric Stahl's uh, skate there. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember that that stretch there. But when it comes to scoring goals, it seems that the Habs are a bit sneak-bitten as a, as a team. And um, it's one of those trends that, you know, Bergevin had mentioned at the when he had a... Uh, when, when we made the coaching change, that there were trends going on. Oh, I'm sorry, the goaltending change that... Trends are happening with the Habs that don't seem to be addressed, and one of them is scoring. You know, there's gray at the beginning of the season, and then it tapers off, 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 and then they, you know, usually barely get into the postseason. And it's one of those things that was kind of apparent last year, was kind of apparent the season before. And here we have what is it? Labros? Is it? Labros. Labros. Some beers. Fine. I'm just. Oh, no, no continue talking. I was just oh, doing no. product placement. Oh no, no, it's all good. No, no, I liked it because that. I, actually, I was pretty much done with my point. That uh, just expanding on what Beth said, it's been noticed and it's been an issue. Just getting the puck in the net, and also players that actually score the goals for the team. Their trade acquisitions. Nobody uh, drafted by the Habs really contribute offensively, and that's another hmm. moment for uh, the organization. I think. What do you think, Veronica? Um, I'm curious why they can't score like they did at will at the beginning of the season. Um, I do sometimes end up looking at Twitter, 
Um, usually I have a, I have a trick. No I'll tell you later, but sometimes I do. I saw a tweet that somebody said, you know, teams just figured the Habs out and the, and the coaching, whoever's coaching hasn't been able to adjust. Whoever's coaching, like everybody thought, Oh, Ducharme, young, blah, blah, blah. That's not figured out yet. Like how we know that Tyler Toffoli can score. We know that Josh Anderson can score. We know that Brendan Gallagher can score. Shea Weber hadn't scored in 10 games, but like, yeah, I am curious as to what's happening. I understand that there's fatigue and that they've got a more condensed schedule than other teams, some other teams and um, all the COVID fatigue and everything else, all the stress and all that stuff, but all the teams are going through that. I got, uh, I got a couple answers for you. If you okay. Want. Thanks. Yes. First off, <laughs> which uh, which which beer Two. brand is that? This is a uh, Labrosse. This is the Angry Gallo Ale. Shout out to my boy Mitch Gallo. Hey, you guys Gallo. have him on. I don't know why you guys don't have him on. He's always angry. <laughs> is he? Oh man, he'd fit oh, right in <laughs> when I'm having a bad day. Oh my lord! I know. I've noticed because I just started following Dave on Twitter like three days ago. Oh god, yeah. Why. I don't know why I didn't follow him before, but I don't know. I don't know how much more I can last. It's a it's a dumpster <laughs> fire, an absolute dumpster yeah. fire. I, that's what I do. I test people, and if I don't like it, I'm just going to unfollow you. It's nothing personal. It's my Twitter feed. Deal with it. That's right. Yeah. You know, a okay. You know. Shh. And that's a disclaimer for all other followers as well. Just, just be prepared. Veronica knows song. when she gets when she goes off the rails. I just mute her. <laughs> I know. It's like Sean. Why aren't you answering me? It's because you're <laughs> muted. <laughs> If Sean's ever in your city, he will DM you and ask you where to go drinking. So be prepared if he follows yeah. you. There you, get you go. Good answers. Why not? I, I I need to. You know, sometimes I travel. Not anymore, but well, sometimes yeah. I travel. Sometimes I fill in for Dan and I fly on these private jets with the Canadians. It's pretty sweet. Nice. That's awesome. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, got to suit up, you know, and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Veronica, you made some good points. I'll tell you. Um, the teams figuring out the Canadians. Absolutely. When scouts and coaching staffs only have to prep for six teams all season long, they don't watch anybody else. They're just watching those six teams. And then the details that you can get into. And then when you have a three game set against the same team, when something's not working, you're going to change it or you're going to adjust because you have film that is right there. That's what was the most frustrating thing about the Canadians and the Flames because the Canadians didn't change anything and they knew what the Flames were going to do. And you kept hearing Dominic, we just didn't execute. We're going to try the same thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. so you're right. He doesn't really change. Dominic Ducharme is a young coach set in his ways. He's not going to adjust. It's not going to fall to peer pressure of fans and media saying you have to do this. He knows his system. He knows he feels when it's working, it is effective. And he still feels that the team isn't there and he's working towards that. Uh, The other thing, power play. Absolutely. Power play is that secondary scoring where the power play has fallen off and nothing has happened. We know that everybody's excited with Alex Burrows. He brought in this power play, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. I could have told you exactly how the Canadian zone entry worked. They brought the defenseman up past the blue line. He zigged like this. And then he dumped it to two guys. It was Tatar and Kakanyemi passing back and forth. Then they pass it on the wing. If I can figure that out, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets and the Ottawa Senators and their coaching staffs and scouts can figure it out. Thus, zone entries became more difficult two, three weeks after the fact. That is 100% true. And the final one, why the Canadians aren't scoring. Um, Now, I know injuries or whatever, but let's just go no injuries. Some easy questions for you. 
Philip Deneau, who are his wingers? Tatar and Gallagher, right? That's right. That's an easy. That's an easy answer. When Gallagher's there, there's no boom. They go together. But when you ask the next two center icemen, who's the who are the wingers for Suzuki? Right now, it's to Foley and Aunt Armia. Uh, who are the wingers for Kakiemi? Right now, it's Perry and Anderson. But a couple of games ago, it was Byron and and Lekkinen, mm-hmm. and 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 when Toffoli was scoring, he was with Kakanyemi, but now Toffoli's scoring uh-huh. with Suzuki. But what if he's on the right or the left? But Anderson's good if he fills in for Gallagher. And I understand you have to shuffle your lines because of injuries, but not once have Suzuki or Kakanyemi have figured out who the best players to, to play with them. Every time I see Jonathan Drouin with Kakanyemi, I think it's a perfect match. Yeah. It never really, it, I, I'm like, yes, I think this works. I, I like the idea. Doesn't really work. Now, you go back to the beginning of the season, Dwayne and Anderson and Suzuki were aligned, and it worked well. Yep. But then it petered out, and they had to make some adjustments. So I and, – and you know what? We could say it's on the coach for changing the lines all the time. I still think that Suzuki and Kakanyemi are in the middle of development, and they can't really handle all this. And they, they're tough to play with. They're not the easiest center iceman to play with. You have to be a certain style of player to get them. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to do with chemistry and I've been shouting this from the rooftops. The Canadians have zero chemistry when it comes to their lines, every game, it's a different lineup, every game, someone's here. And yes, you have to be built to adapt, but when you're a young centerman at two years and three years, you won't be able to adapt as well as Philip Deneau adapts. If it's cock and yummy on his right, Byron on his right or Anderson on the right. That's why that line keeps working is because they're adaptable. But Suzuki and Kakanyemi are less adaptable. So I think there's a big issue with the Canadians' chemistry. And I think that's the final stretch of games, how many are left, that they have to figure out who plays with who. I hope um, Dominic Ducharme hears, listens to the happy hour. I'm sure he does. Uh, I'll let him know when he listens to the post-game pints uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. You and Campbell, you and uh, Gallo have your own podcast. What's it called? Yep. Where can we find it? Post Game Finds Podcast. You see it on the back there? Yep, yep. It's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like right yeah. here, actually. I mean, I know. Yeah. I'm subscribed. I'm, I'm saying for the yeah. benefit no. of our list. I just thought yeah. it was a no, we, uh, we're on We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. Uh, we made the, the switch to video. It was, uh, I guess we were doing the, uh, so we had the Hot Topic. And then they turned it, then our bosses turned to Habs Hot Topic. And we did that before the pregame show on Saturdays. And, you know, goofy, stupid show that we do our weird things. <laughs> and then we, we lost the hot topic, not because our bosses didn't want it. Our bosses just wanted us to do the pregame show. They wanted us on the pregame show instead of somebody else. So they moved us to the pregame show, but we couldn't do both shows. So Habs Hot Topic kind of died. So we said, we'll do a podcast. So we did the Habs Hot Topic podcast for a while. Yeah. But then we wanted to rebrand and we got Dave trying to do involved. And uh, so we rebranded uh, to the post game pints podcast. We went post game. Most people know Gallo and Campbell from the post game show. Yeah. Uh, it's not our podcast is not in association with TSN 690. So we'll do guests. We'll do topics. We'll do topics that are off the wall. I think their latest one is top five athletes. You would pay $500 to see live. 
Oh. So I know I know Veronica would be Shea Weber at number one, yeah. and then you know, uh, cool coffee. Beth, you, Beth, it would be Magipane, number one. <laughs> Actually, it'd be it'd be Paul Byron. Paul Byron. I think I'm alone. Yeah, Byron. Time. Byron is is her is her go to. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Pops. happy birthday, Paul Byron. Oh yeah, happy birthday, yeah. Paul Byron. Wow. Is it today? It, it is today. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm ten years older than Paul Byron. Meet me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I get it. Five hundred bucks. See, I'm trying to think. Who would I? Who would I dole out for that? Um, I went baseball player at number one. I went baseball ooh. player at my number one. Now oh, you'll no have kidding. to watch the podcast to find out, or listen to it on SoundCloud. Crap. Yeah. You know, oh. the podcast. Figure out who it was. Speaking of, not to, not to discredit this, Sean, but uh, the Happy Hour has a has a website now. Happyhour.com. Go check it out. It's all. Oh, there's yeah. so much cool stuff yeah. on it. Yeah, I saw it. It looked cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Who's your internet Thank guy? Dave. Can we get, can you want to do ours? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk later if you want to. We can figure <laughs> out something. We get paid, we get paid in beer. Mm. <laughs> see, I, see, the um, cool thing, if you look at the can, it's Gallo versus Campbell. Oh, that's cool. That that's is a awesome. really cool thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's How? almost sold out, so hurry up and go get it. Yeah, see, and even on the back, is like a my can, it even has his logo on it. Ah, wow that's pretty cool who does the art for the cans uh the guys at labrosse alex at labrosse oh i mean it's a little microbrewery in point claire just on the west side of uh in uh of the island of montreal it's point claire is the city i grew up in and it's it's awesome uh, I live there. Next... you live there yeah i did where where in point claire did you live how do i know where in point claire what is hmm. the name of hmm. that street Oh, where in Point I grew Claire. up there. I I I, I delivered Domino's there for I know Somerville Gardens. I know exactly where that is. Yep. Um, and there was another one. I went to seniory school. Okay. And um, what's the name of that street? Scenery school. Sedgefield. Scenery. Sedgefield. Oh. Sedgefield. That's the one. Wow. Yeah. Yep. When we went back there, when I went back there with my boyfriend like five years ago. He took me to the house and we walked the whole way that I walked to school. Like my mom would just send us off to school. Like there was no nice driving. Area. Nice area there. <laughs> yeah. It was a great, I, I have lots of good memories. We probably lived in Point Claire at the same time. That's since, amazing. Since we're both that's 10 awesome. years older than Paul Byron. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, exactly. we're best friends. That's, a, okay. that's how it works out. <laughs> so with the with the question about the five hundred dollars you'd pay for the athlete, because now I'm hung up on this. Living or dead, or does it have to be someone now? That's, that's the point of the podcast is to make you think something crazy like that. Uh this list we went current and then we're gonna okay. make another one of dead and all or all time. It could be living or not. I only had uh only had one hockey player make, make my list. Pavel Bure. Hmm. He's not current. He's not active. Oh, current. Okay. But, but yes, Beret, Beret would make my list. Beret was something special. Is his wife invited or no? Which one? <laughs> are we are he and Candace Cameron? That's the brother. Yeah, that's Valerie. Yeah, Valerie's oh. married to um, Full House. <laughs> yeah, no. Pavel, I have... I'm, I'm... Pavel's, no, Pavel's married. I believe he's living in Florida and Moscow. Wasn't there a little animated short I saw today about Pavel Bury and how he was drafted? And I think, um, ooh, it was a big old 
What's that? Well, the story of him being drafted is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It Something. Was the, it was the. Uh, oh, they had to like they like bribe somebody. Well, well, they, no, because because no. all the teams didn't think he was eligible for the draft because he didn't play a certain thing. But then there was like these scribed, and they were like a scout and and Brian Burke bribed a scout or told a scout or a scout told him that he played and there was like this scrunched up little paper that had the game sheet that he played in you know <laughs> ufa russia uh at, at this that made him eligible so when they drafted him in the sixth round uh people were pissed they were angry because no one thought he was eligible for the draft and uh he was and and the thing is he he already came uh for the world juniors and then he stayed he kind of defected and he wouldn't come to canada he was in he was in uh in california and that's where he stayed for a while. And if, if anybody knows his uh, his rookie card, have you seen the famous Pablo Burry rookie card? He's mm-hmm. in rollerblades uh, by the beach. Oh, yeah, you'll no. see it. rookie card Pablo Burry. He's on rollerblades at the beach. It's in California, and he's <laughs> sitting on a fence. And he wouldn't put the Canucks jersey on because he didn't think that, like at the time, legally there were so many legal ramifications. Oh. They didn't think uh, that he was going. Dollars. I have his rookie card. I could go around the corner. I have his rookie card. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. I never knew so that. that. So that's, so that, yeah. So that he's just sitting there. He wouldn't put the Canucks jersey on. <laughs> that's and, awesome. Uh, oh my God. And because he wasn't sure he was going to be a Canuck, they thought that the draft pick was going to fall through and then he would have to open up again. Um, you know, the other little thing, um, he hated the number 10. He hated the number 10. Oh, Why? no. Yeah, Brian Burke's like, you're wearing 10. He's like, why? He's like, you're a superstar. <laughs> so when Brian Burke left, if you notice at the end of his career with the Canucks, he wore 96. That's when Brian Burke left. That's funny. Oh, my Lord. I, um, I'm i starting to remember, like, as you were saying it, the snippets of the story. So he wasn't eligible because he didn't play enough games in, yeah, it was uh, like, uh, in the K. I, I have, yeah, like, it wasn't the K. It was in, like, a... Uh, the K- KHL didn't exist then. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever right. it was. Uh, but there was an eligibility about how many games, and they thought he had to play like at least ten, but he didn't because they're all amateurs out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, you you play for your national team, you play this, you play that, and uh, he was just too good, though. He was just too good. Yeah, there was that, and uh, the then something. I think uh, the Canucks had to like put some sort of lawsuit together against. Uh, whatever the the organization was for the yeah. league over there, and they had to go state by state to figure out which state had the best yeah. case law for this particular thing. It was oh, it's, it was a, it's whole, a huge yeah. story. Yeah. It's it was, nuts. I believe it was it was a CSKA Moscow. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because yeah, they a, didn't want him. They didn't. They didn't want him to leave because they knew how good he was. And at that time, you know, only a few players, and they defected. And they were like, "No, I'm leaving. I'm gone." Yep. And uh, that was rough. They had to leave their families and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think the Burries did fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think they did just fine. Good for them. Everybody in Vancouver but, had a crush on him. Yeah, well, he, he didn't like the limelight, though. Like, it was weird. He liked the extravagant lifestyle, but he did not like how everybody knew him. He did not like that oh. at all. Right. Man. He much wow. preferred his, his time in Florida. Then when he was old, he loved New York. Well, it was closer to the Russian mob anyway. So, Oh, yeah. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Man. My favorite, my, favorite, um, my favorite Pavel Burry story is a story that I heard through an intermediary. Is it, It's more of a Gino Ojek story. Oh, but Gino. <laughs> Gino Ojek, who they were best friends. Gino yeah. named one of his kids Burry. 
like oh my God. best friends wow. yeah do you know ojik's best season in the nhl 29 points it's because he played the whole year with pavel burry on the same <laughs> line um he gets he he flies to go see pavel burry in the summer and he flies to moscow and he lands but he's like hammered and he just doesn't like he no like no passport no oh my nothing. god he just got on the plane and like back then he could kind of just get on the plane yeah, but, yeah. Like, a little yeah like, and then like it's russia it's like you know and, and he's just like take me to pavel Bure!" <laughs> and like they got taken to the back room and they're like he's like I, i'm friends with Bure. friends with pavel oh Bure!" God. like yeah they found him and they brought him to pavel Bure. <laughs> oh my god That's oh my god and then and then i don't know and then I don't know what happened with him in Russia. I can only imagine for whatever a week or two. Yeah, really. Dave is yeah. probably got a lot of compromise. Hmm. Um, I'm sure he had to uh, apologize on his podcast. <laughs> that that was after the Soviet days, I imagine, though. Yeah, it would have been when they were playing. Yeah, probably mid nineties. Mid nineties. Okay. After the wall came down, still. That's a that's quite a trip to take and just say I'm friends with somebody. <laughs> I might try it one day. Just get a yeah. take me in on Pavel Burry. They take me. Who's like, this guy? That's Pavel Burry. <laughs> I'm fr- I'm friends with Sergio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Oh my god. Ah, uh, I think I would uh, pay five hundred bucks to see a Ronaldo play some soccer. It's taking you a while to answer this, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for the stories, but while you were speaking, I'm like, hmm, who would I really want to see? I think it had to be. I have to go with soccer with this one. That'd be my. That'd be my number one. That's a good one, Dave. He's too good. I mean, he's a bit of a, but he's he's too good at soccer. Maradona was fun to watch. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh my god. But active though. Oh, active. Yes, he's very much not active. No. I like how you guys are playing my podcast game. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a good one. We don't have any games. Anytime you can bring games. I'm I'm all for games all the time. <laughs> we should come up with a game. Yeah, maybe we I should. I like your math class. Yeah, usually that's just like what Beth does, just throw around numbers and just make them sound good uh, <laughs> in your favor. Sound confident. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the one thing, you know, you just say numbers and then people get freaked out a little bit and they'll just believe you with the numbers. Be, be Even, emotional with the numbers. Like you could have been like, they scored 3.5 goals per game. That wasn't enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It, it's with true. conviction. It is true. <laughs> yes. I wish I it was like, 3.5. Um, yeah. I don't like a lot of stats just because if you like the numbers can be boring. Uh, but they can also be really interesting if you can frame them in a fun way and not talk about them all the time. Um, but I felt like these numbers were important because there were there were things that, that I didn't know. Like I was like, how bad is the goal support right now? Uh, my my girlfriend actually was the one who brought it up um, to my attention. She was like, and oh, this is the thing. Um, is it related to how many games has Carrie been gone for? That is also something I did not look at. Um, Jake Allen's goal support is way under what Carey Price's goal support is, though. I don't know the numbers, but no. you know, I'll let Beth do the do the math, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> I'll let you know that uh, Jake Allen doesn't get as many goals as Carey Price does. I'm gonna trust Sean Campbell because he knows more things than me. And but I said that confidently, so you believe me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, I don't think we got an, an update about Carey, too. I think the last thing people have heard is that he's in Montreal being evaluated. So that's another thing to keep track of. Mm -hmm. um, just wait it out. Just you, There's yeah. nothing really you can do. Mm -hmm. The Canadians are in the best situation possible yes. ever with goaltending. So you just kind of let that happen. I, 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 I said it today on the air. I think the ideal number you want Carey Price playing in the final amount of games that are left uh, is four, uh, maybe five, but four. But the minimum is two. You want him to play at least two. You don't want him coming back dry in the playoffs. Um, I think that would be tough. So whatever is happening, whatever protocol, I mean, if it's zero, it's zero. Mm -hmm. And he can't come back. But in an ideal world, in these final games, if Carey Price can play four to five and minimum two, I think that's a I think it's a good situation for the Canadians. Without a doubt. I think um let's see, if not price, then there's also the prospect of Gallagher coming back. Uh we had video today of Gallagher being on the ice, you know. Yay. Sure playoffs. he can skate, but hmm? playoffs, he cannot come back before the playoffs because if he comes back, they are screwed on the cap. It's <laughs> it's uh with the LTIR and the players that they brought in. Yeah. They can't. He cannot play this season. Even if he's ready to go with five games left. He cannot play because of the cap situation. They did not leave. They took and spent the Gallagher money. So they have to wait it out. So now with that in mind, in, in your experience, Sean, how much of a, of a foobar is this with the cap and the call-ups with the Habs going into the okay. stretch now? It's pretty messed up, but I'll say this. Uh, and I have to you know, deal with a lot of Habs fans on a daily basis. No. They're concentrated and no, but they're concentrated and only see the screw ups by the Canadians. There were games this year that the Vegas Golden Knights had to play with five defensemen because of their cap constraints. There were games where, you know, everyone's like, they have to play 11 and seven because they couldn't call up a guy. There were games that Tampa Bay had to do the same thing this year because of their cap constraints. Every team, and, and, and I'm just giving you a couple, uh, mm -hmm. Nashville had a, a cap situation and there was another team I'm trying to think, but there's, there has been many situations like this, but many people just look at the Canadians going, how come this is the only, it's not the only team that's dealing with this with COVID and taxi squads and calling people up and being up against the cap and LTIR, all that stuff. So it's not just the Canadians. It just looks a lot better when you're Vegas and Tampa and you're in first place mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. spending to the cap and you don't have the maneuvers when you're battling for a playoff spot against the Calgary flames, the optics are worse. So don't think the Canadians are the only team that goes through this. Every team has to deal with this. This is pretty messed up. And I, I you know, going back to the beginning, um, you said, Oh, this is all good. The Canadians, uh dave you said the canadians they they were able to get caulfield in the game and not and not use their call and not use their call up uh their last remaining call up yeah, well this yeah. is where they screwed up too a little bit if byron and Dwayne are healthy those guys go back they're on emergency recall so don't even expect them to play a second or a third game once they're healthy they have to go back that final recall is not going to caulfield or evans that final recall is going to romanoff Mm -hmm. They have to bring him back. He's not sitting on the taxi squad for nine games. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I, I hope that's not the case. So that <laughs> I, final recall doesn't go to Caulfield or Evans at all. That final recall goes to Romanoff because they don't, they can't wait for emergency recall. They already have seven defensemen with Kulak just sitting there. 
So if someone gets hurt, they can't even use an emergency recall for a defenseman for Romanov because Kulak is there or Gustafson or whoever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, you, you're saying that they save their call-up. That call-up is Romanov's. It's no longer Caulfield's. It's no longer Evans. So they call back Romanov. Then they can only use emergency recall and they have to wait for injuries. But if Drew Wang gets healthy and Byron's good, Caulfield and Evans are out. They, they, there's no other choice. So right. I, I get, yeah, they got him in. He might only play one, two games. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really something because um, for, for whatever reason, <clears throat> when it comes to the emergency call-ups, and I don't know if I'm getting them mixed up with, say, emergency call-ups and just basic AHL call-ups. I don't know if they're two different things. But I never, I don't, I, in previous seasons, I don't remember there being like a hard cap on them. And I was wondering if the rule changed for COVID and I just forgot it. Well, the taxi squad is different, but the taxi yeah. squad is just the AHL. Just think is like everyone's like, tax, taxi squad's not NHL, it's AHL, AHL money, this, that. Yeah. That's why they send people to the taxi squad all the time, just so they can save some, some money. Um, you know, when they were trying to save those dollars with Paul Byron, that's all it was. It was saving, it was saving money. They want Paul Byron on the team, but they were just saving money. Paul Byron gets paid, but the, the number on the cap is different because mm -hmm. he went through waivers. So just on, on that front, but it, it's, it's the same. This stuff happens. It's just, it's just magnified this year. Emergency yeah. recalls, the four recalls that after the trade deadline, that's all there. Oh. That's always, that's always been there. The, the fact is at the trade deadline, when they were playing Toronto on that day, because of all the trades that they made and moved, they called up three people using leaving just one call up remaining. Mm -hmm. So that was the, that was the tough part. And then it's getting that one call up. They even, they couldn't even call them up because of bonuses for rookies. And that's why pre Primo, because uh, they're on entry level deals, Primo and Caulfield cost more. That's why, because they have bonuses, Evans and, and Lindgren are, are cheap. You know, they're super, super cheap. Right. Huh. Oh. Then it gets... I really so liked Evans. That's part of my uh, frustration with the rest of the season, because they are stuck, and they have yeah. to play... They have to do something about that, but uh, yeah. Well, here's it. the thing. So, mm. so, so, Veronica, you said you liked Evans. Yes. Let's give the situation. Dwayne's still sick, but Byron's good to go. Okay? Mm. So Byron yeah. comes back. It's Caulfield or Evans that has to sit. It's, it's not someone else. It's Caulfield or Evans because they're on emergency call and one guy's ready. One of those guys have to go back. And we I like Evans. We have a visitor. What's up, puppy? <laughs> <laughs> he has stuff to say about the cap situation. You know what it is? It's um, exactly 38 minutes past the time she normally. Oh, no. Has. So she's um, really upset. <laughs> <laughs> she's, that, that's what I she'll said, do because I said I, I couldn't be available at the time that you guys wanted to be available we're not going to let Nilla she'll be know fine she, she, she'll be fine but she knows exactly for the third happens. time I apologize <laughs> <laughs> you see how easy it is man the world's <laughs> tough tough crowd <laughs> but you could tell that that third one meant a lot less <laughs> um, can we talk about Andrew Shaw a little bit oh yes please yeah um, go ahead, Beth. My favorite former Hab um, retired yesterday from the NHL, and uh, my heart broke um, into two really big pieces. Um, I 
am extremely proud of him and very happy for him that he's doing what is best for him and his body and his family. Um, the statement that he put out summed it up perfectly. Like he has always been the type of player to just go in working hard every day. He loves to play physical all in hockey. And he, the doctor told him that even though he didn't want to, it was likely best for him um, in order to be a healthy, present um, partner and father uh, that it'd be best for him to hang up the skates. So after a 10 year career, he listened to them. Um, Veronica said that he's the only um, mm -hmm. former Hab that she has followed after they were traded away. And when I ever ca kept caring about, yeah, like mm -hmm. it's Andrew Shaw brought, I don't want to use the word sparkle, but I don't know what else to use. Like what other words use? He brought something passion. different. It was, it was every, it was a passion. Energy. Energy. It was, he brought jam. He loved it. <laughs> jam. Um, like he, like the, just like the fact that we had him and Brendan Gallagher on the Habs at the same time for three seasons was mind blowing to me. Like you should have I, seen those two in the in the locker room. Oh my god, oh. I'm so jealous. <laughs> those I'm those are two so those are two incredible locker room guys. And not that I know <laughs> the specific ins and outs of that locker room, but uh, on your sentiments on Shaw, absolutely because uh, one of my favorites. I always said that the Canadians needed when they got him. I was like, perfect. I was angry when they traded him because I cried. If you remember why they trade? No, but you know why they traded him. They wanted to relieve the cap space so they yeah. could put the offer sheet for Sebastian Aho. Mm -hmm. And Which and didn't I didn't need to do. No, they did. They did because they needed to have that cap space to sign him or to make the offer prior to. But here's the thing: the move didn't work. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like. And then they had that cap space open for the whole season, which everybody gets mad now that they use all the cap space. It's like that double, you know, double but uh, at the time they did that, I was like, I'm okay for trading him for two second round picks. That's a really good deal. Mm -hmm. And, and alleviating the cap because his yeah. career is going in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. I still thought the Canadians needed someone like him in the dressing room. I still thought they could use someone like that on the ice, even if he only played 50 games a year. But if they were going to use that money to get a Sebastian Aho, great move. They traded away the cap space, and then they didn't fill it. And I didn't. It, to me, it's one of my one of the one moves I hate that uh, uh, that I really target when and and goes under the radar of bad moves by by Mark Bergevin. Yeah. I understand in the end. I understand in the end he didn't really do that much with Chicago, and his career is filtered out because with more concussions, mm -hmm. I'm not going to try and predict someone having concussions, but I do think that they missed Andrew Shaw in that locker room. Yeah. Did you guys see the video that I posted from their West coast road trip from 20 <laughs> with from Instagram? <laughs> he, um, he's just such a good energy to be around. Oh, yeah. I remember his dance when at I, the pool, the dance at the pool. <laughs> and when I met him in Vancouver, I basically you just were stalking him at the pool. No, 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 no. He, it was a, a Instagram story on Max Domi's Instagram. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought it was another apology. Coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you the tweet. Um, so I don't yes. need to see the Canadians at a at a pool. You don't. No, it is really I don't need, funny. I don't it's need Andrew to see Shaw the Canadians putting on a show. 
yeah i know i i, I know what kind of guy he is it, what my favorite andrew shaw story is uh there was a reporter that wrote a story about lekanen in his rookie year and maybe it was his second year oh boy i'm not sure any maybe it was lekanen's second year when he was struggling to score right and someone wrote an article about it and andrew shaw just like ripped into that article, like in the middle of everybody it was like he's like you don't need to do that man he's he's working his ass off like blah blah blah. and like andrew shaw just didn't care he was just standing up for his boy you know that's yeah. it was just like and he didn't care in the media that they were like oh andrew shaw's being mean or whatever <laughs> he, what no. he kind of did he like i say he ripped him he did it properly mm-hmm. but also with uh bravado enough that everybody saw if you know what i mean like he did it where yeah. he was you know demonstrative yeah but he did it enough that hey that wasn't all right what you did to Lackanen the way you said that or this or that you know it was just I kind of like that classic nice I remember when when the Habs first got him his first like whatever that's called audio conference a conference call he was like when they were asking him like you know what are you gonna bring or whatever to the team and he's like oh the guys are gonna love me they're just gonna love me and I was just like yes I love it like he's always smiling like every like almost every photo every video anything he's always smiling he's always excited um and that's I think that fed a lot into his passion for for hockey is that he was just excited to be there from the first day to the last day. I mean this first day he had a fight and a goal his first game yeah preseason. Um, yeah, like he just has always been. He was raising the yes. roof. He was fighting. Yeah, he was. That's right. Oh, By the man. way, his last game, his last game with the Canadians, he scored two. No one remembers. You know why no one remembers? Because we didn't know it was his last. No, well, no, you didn't know it was his last either. But but that's when Ryan Palin scored the hat trick. Yep. Oh right. I remember the overtime the goal leads. against Toronto in Toronto. Um. And then another thing, like he's, I've seen him grow up a lot. Um, not even just from, in, from the 10, I mean, cause he started playing when he was 19, not just the 10 years he's been playing hockey, but even in the last five, six years or so, I mean, he had everything with the homophobic slur, which I am, listen, if you still hate Andrew Shaw because of the homophobic slur, there are several articles that you need to read, which I will post after, actually it might be just one, but there's an article you need to read, which I will post after the podcast that, ex- that will help you understand why I, as a member of the Alphabet Mafia, am not angry at Andrew Shaw. I have forgiven Andrew Shaw. I still, I love Andrew Shaw. He is working very hard, has worked very hard to um, repent and apologize and pay for his sins. Um, but then just watching him, like, as he's gotten married and had two children and just gotten older and become an adult, he has just, he still has his Andrew Shawness, but he's a grown up and it's like watching him flourish in a different way. Like he's working with a mental health initiative, um, called ducky brand they have one of the softest shirts i've ever owned it's like 30 bucks i think but it's worth it and 30 percent of all their proceeds go um to mental health initiatives um but he's just doing he's doing a lot of things that i think people wouldn't 
when they hear the name Idris Shah, they wouldn't expect him to be doing. Um, and I'm just really proud of him and I wish him all the best. And I am, I'm sad that he's not playing hockey anymore, but I hope yeah. that he still keeps his feet in the water somehow. Very well. Somewhere, somehow. Yeah. We'll coach yeah. something. I can imagine. Yeah, imagine so Shaw the coach. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> of What'd you say, V? Be pretty good. Um, it was, it was really tough to watch that video. Mm-hmm. I cried. Yeah, I did too. I cried. I it mean, was like one of the rare times where he's not like smiling and laughing and joking around. Yeah. Cause he knows this is it. I cried in my another heart. Exa- he's, a, he's another example that apologies work. See, yes. there it is. exactly. Well, yes. a lot of people didn't forgive him. Yeah. yeah. And, they have, and like, and he, he didn't just head. apologize. He did the work. behind the apology he he walked the walk as well Mm -hmm. yeah and he made it clear that he wanted to be and do better and uh well unfortunately i have something else to apologize for and that's uh (laughs) we're out of time (laughs) we forgive you we forgive you thank you thank you i appreciate it but yeah that's it listeners uh thanks for uh listening in and thank you sean for joining us on the hour and i guess he can uh join in with us as we say goodbye for this week be the tomorrow